You really want to know what love is? Yeah. Yes, tell us. More than anything in the world, Ron. Well, it's really quite simple. When you're married, you'll understand the importance of fresh produce. Shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com, and I'm excited today because we have two new guests, which is a first, both for them to appear on the show, and second, we've never had two people on the podcast at the same time, so a lot of firsts today. Uh, welcome, Dr. Joni Frater and Esther Lestique. Uh, how are you guys? We're doing awesome. Thank you so much for having us on today, Steve. We're great. We're very excited to be here. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, Dr. Joni and Esther, they are the founders of loveherright.com. And uh, before we kind of get into t- – and you guys talk about sex. That's uh, uh, You guys have been contributing to uh, the Hitched website for a, a couple months now and producing really great articles that I recommend everybody check out if you haven't done so already. Um, but why don't you guys give us, or gals, I should say, uh, give us a little background of, of who you are and what you do. Well, um, Joni and I are uh, trained sexologists, and uh, we didn't start out this way, of course. Many moons ago, about almost eight years ago now, we uh, met and we actually decided to become a couple. So we are a married couple. And what's really interesting is that as our relationship you know, got stronger and stronger, everywhere we went, anybody we met, gay or straight, looked at us and said, you guys have a secret. Like something is just <laughs> electric about your interaction with each other, the energy that you put out. And what is it? And what makes your relationship so successful? And, you know, it's interesting. We, we started getting the question so often that we started to really think about it, and it really kind of culminated in um, – one particular event, it was Joni's best friend's wedding about four years ago, where uh, the conversation degenerated after great consumptions of alcohol into, <laughs> can you teach our husband some lessons? Ah. Or the guy, and the, the guys, of course, you know, would look at us as a couple, and after we were dancing together, it was pretty obvious that we have a good relationship. Yeah. And the guys were like, can, can we watch? The answer was no. <laughs> that, that's not our agreement, but yeah. thank you. <laughs> thank you for the compliment. And we decided that, you know, it was really sad because guys have absolutely no avenue for information. Yeah. And, you know, where do guys really learn about sex? The locker room, usually. Right. Playboy. Reading Playboy or reading other magazines. And, you know, they talk about it in a kind of, you know, vague sense, but never the nuts and bolts of what it takes to be really sexual and to embrace your sexuality. And to be a really great lover. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the women were sitting there going, well, you know, I don't really know enough about myself, and I don't want to hurt his feelings and say he's not gratifying me. So we put together a book after doing almost a year's worth of radio uh, hosting, and we had interviewed you know, all kinds of experts from all different uh, fields of sexology and psychology and realize that there's just an amazing amount of missing information that's not being told because of all of the negative stuff that we've been taught as children. You know, don't touch yourself. Don't, don't do this. There was all the don'ts. Mm-hmm. Well, they never tell you the do's. 
like do make sure that you please your partner. Do make sure that you compliment them. You know, go back to the, the simple things in life. And we, we really thought about it from the guy's perspective because historically the onus of responsibility of sexual satisfaction in a couple is falling on the man. Right. Mm-hmm. And especially the sexual satisfaction of the female partner yeah. falls on the man, especially when you have, which is the situation we're going to talk about today, when you have, you know, couples where maybe they weren't sexual before they got married, maybe they're inexperienced sexually, and so the woman in particular is really not familiar or comfortable exploring her own sexuality. Yeah. And, it, and in addition to that, she was taught not to. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's... It, an ironic situation where you expect your partner to know your body better than your own. And we want everybody to take back that power yeah. and own their own sexual power and become familiar with their body enough because when they do that, then they can express to their partners, whether it's you know in a permanent situation or if they're even in the dating field, how they like to best be satisfied. Because no two people are satisfied sexually the same way. No two women react the same way. And women react differently even during different days of the month. So you have to really... The woman has to know herself and where she is at that time, and a guy has to give her a nice, safe place to express it. Okay. So we're- I, I was just going to say, I think this is a perfect segue into today's topic, which is uh, a response to an article that was submitted to Hitched. And it was a husband who um, him and his wife were not sexually active uh, prior to marriage. And then they got married, and in the last three years, he wrote to us and said they've had sex maybe 10 to 12 times, and you know he's not satisfied with their sexless marriage. And going into the marriage, they had assumed they had the same libido, uh, but clearly that's not the case because he's no longer satisfied. And you know the letter went on with some other uh, issues, but um, I, I think what you guys have been talking about in terms of what you recognized, um, it definitely holds true. And this is a perfect example of that. Um, so I guess to kind of get going on today's topic about sexless marriages, uh, you, you know, it's kind of a broad question, um, without probably a real answer, but how common are sexless marriages? Uh, See, that's a really great question because we can't really quantify it per se. Um, what we can say is, the average couple, according to studies, makes love twice a week. Mm-hmm. Our de- definition of a sexless marriage is if you have not had sexual relations for more than 90 days, you are in a sexual, you are in a sexless marriage, period. Kind of like a, a sexual recession of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we, you know, we really think that you can come back from that, but you really first need to find out where is this originating from? And, and given the couple that we were addressing earlier, we don't have nearly enough um, information to be able to completely answer all of their particular needs. So we're going to talk kind of generally about sexless marriages. And, you know, by the way, it can come from either the male or female partner. We have heard pretty much equal from both sure. men and women that they're not sexually being satisfied. And, you know, Steve, there's also a a tangent issue that's related to this, too, is in addition to the sexless marriage, you also have 
a much, I think, a much larger percentage of the population that has kind of a sexually deficient marriage, mm. where they're, one or both partners are just really not happy with the quality of sex that they're having. It's kind of like um, being underemployed. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. They love that phrase on CNBC, don't they? Yeah. Um, but it, it's so interesting to us that, that that's really the big commonality, is that either couples aren't having enough sex for one or both of them, or mm. any. Right. Or they're just having like when they have sex, it's, it's only OK. You know, it's not really that fireworks and lights that everybody would like to think is part of the benefits of marriage. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that the media really hypes up this whole concept of what a happy sexual relationship is, where both partners are climaxing simultaneously and, you know, there's fireworks and, you know, you know, powerful things going on. And, you know what, that's just bogus. It's like watching Playboy and saying every woman's going to have double D cups. Every guy is going to be, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, these, that's a fantasy, and you can hold those fantasies. They're good, um, but it's not a reality. And yeah. there are also situational things where somebody might be ill or might be going through a stressful period because they just lost a job and may not feel as sexual. So you first have to figure out what's the causative factor right. and can it be overcome. Okay. And that takes a conversation. Sure, sure. You can you know, you can't get away without the talk. Yeah. And and you know, when we're talking about the sexless marriage, um I guess you know, there's various uh factors that make up a good and healthy relationship and marriage. How important is sex to that equation? Well, you know, I have to tell you Steve, it's very funny. We have an old friend who is a, a marriage and family therapist, and she likes to say it like this. When clients come to her and their relationship is one of the issues they want to address, she asks them about their sex life. And when the sex is good, sex is 20% of the relationship. Mm -hmm. When sex is a problem, either there's not enough or it's not good enough, sex is 80% of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So if sex is a problem, if if that is a stumbling block where the two parts of of the couple cannot agree, it's an incredibly important part of the relationship because it is a place where they are not communicating effectively. And it's kind of like also one of those issues where it's almost like when you have, you know, five or six figures of credit card debt. It's the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it. Because Mm -hmm. talking about it suddenly, you know, it just downward spirals very quickly into begging and pleading (laughs) or, you know, or nagging. None of which is considered foreplay. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be serious about this. Yeah. You know, when we talk about having the conversation about your sex life, we talk about it in a non-sexual situation. Right. You know, nobody wants to be laying in bed with their partner and go, God, you were lousy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not too good. <laughs> yeah, because they're never going to come to the plate again. Or, or worse yet, when one partner rolls over and obviously just, you know, is really not interested in sex, and the other partner goes, again, you don't want to have sex with me? Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, this, this is not an appropriate time to have this conversation because it's a threatening situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's one of the things that we really stipulate is, is when you're going to try to move forward, you have to talk about it, but you have to talk about it at an appropriate time. Okay. So, you know, which is, which is definitely a meeting of the minds to decide when and how and where that time's going to be. Yeah. So when, when sex is not going well, it's a big issue into this Huge. satisfaction of marriage. But when it's going well, it's, you know, not as big of a deal. It's, you know, right. credit card debt's probably a bigger issue. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because then you realize that, you know, coming together as a couple is not only a bonding situation, it's a great stress reliever. Yeah. By the way, your, your friend, is it uh, Dr. Terry Orbuck? 
No, 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 it's an old friend of ours who's a, a practicing therapist in the okay. island. Because uh, Dr. Terry Orbuck, um, I had her on the podcast not too long ago, and she's contributed to Hitched, and she was the author of the study that revealed those statistics that you mentioned. Oh, oh that's that great. <laughs> great. So, we'll see that it's a common occurrence. Yeah, yeah. Therapist, and it's a common occurrence among couples. Now, I will yeah. tell you what's really funny is that we've interviewed many therapists you know, who've written a lot of books when we had our own radio show, and it's so interesting to me how many marriage and family therapists have a very big issue with saying the word sex, let alone talking about it. Yeah. So, you know, later when we start talking about things that you can do, if it comes down to getting couples counseling or getting help from a professional, you have to interview those professionals and make sure they're really comfortable about talking about this particular aspect of your relationship. Yeah. And, and segueing into uh, the couple and, and this situation, uh, mm-hmm. who, the, the husband who wrote into us, uh, like I mentioned in the intro, they were non-sexual prior to marriage and have since learned that they have different libidos. I, I guess, what can he do? Is he stuck in a sexless marriage? You know, I really hate to say that anybody is stuck in anything. I think we, we do have choices, but the first thing you have to choose to do is to act upon it. And to act upon it means you need to engage your partner and say, we need to have a conversation because I'm feeling my needs aren't being met, and it's important that I share that with you. And after that conversation, hopefully the other partner will say, you know, and the first question is, is you know, do you want to be sexual? Do you want to be sexual with me? Mm-hmm. And if the answer to that is no, then you have a much bigger problem than you even imagined. On the other hand, if it's a maybe, then you start working on things. You know, I, I think the choice to be non-sexual prior to marriage is, is fine for some people, but then you have to kind of wonder whether or not they've even had the chance to explore themselves sexually and to know their own sexuality and what turns them on to communicate that to their partner or else their partner needs a crystal ball and I haven't found the crystal ball <laughs> yet. So, uh, <laughs> um, and I think, Steve, you know, one of the things that we, we mentioned earlier is that we just didn't have all the information for this particular couple. So one of the things that we know plays a big role in this kind of an issue once a couple is married is not only if they were non-sexual before they got married, but also if they were non-sexual altogether. So if somebody is completely inexperienced Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, whether it's religious or, you know, the indoctrination they grew up up with, which is fine, uh, but the difference is, is that then you're working with somebody who has absolutely no information. And especially if it was a religious issue, has has never been encouraged to explore their own sexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, because masturbation's a no no, no matter what religion you come from. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, or you know, that's that's a very sad case because the reality is there is no better way to understand your own sexual life and your that own your own sexuality than to explore your body yourself. Because if you're not going to touch yourself, who else is going to want to touch you? Yeah. You know, that's the bottom line, and especially for women. This is a huge button pusher for a lot of women, um, depending on their age range, too. So, you know, and, and how they grow up and all those details we don't have. And, and, so, and I was just going to say, and as you pointed out, if you don't know what works for you, how are you supposed to express that to your partner? Exactly. Exactly. In fact, we had gotten uh, an email from a gentleman who said, you know, everybody talks about how the guy is supposed to know how to use his penis. Where am I supposed to get that information? Because everybody <laughs> talks about that's, you know, your job, but they don't give you the information. And he was, it was really cute because what he really wanted was our book on audio, which we will be working on. But in the meantime, I wrote back to him and I taught him some techniques. And he was like, oh, my God, 
this is amazing. Nobody ever talks about that, especially you know, even the female sex therapists that are out there don't actually talk about definitive techniques. And we're the only, we're one of several who come out and say, listen, you know, try this, try that. This is why. And we look at it from the physical, we look at it from the psychological, and we look at it from the emotional perspective and try to kind of tie the whole thing together because it's really not just a penis and a vagina. Yeah. You know, we really, you know, have to take into consideration that the woman's organ of pleasure is her clitoris. So concrete-wise, what can the husband do to try to spark things? Well, you know, again, this has to start with a conversation. This has to start with an open, honest conversation, you know, over a glass of wine or a cup of tea where, obviously not in the bedroom, you know, um, if there are children, again, we also don't know if there are children involved in this particular situation, uh, but if there are children, that the children are not present um, even anywhere in the house, you know, call grandma and grandpa, call some friends, send them to their friend's house for a sleepover, and have a real, like, honest-to-God, I want to know how you feel, and this is how I feel conversation. If he gets the green light at that point and says, yes, I, I want to work on our marriage, I want you to be happy, I want me to be happy, um, it has to start small. You know, it, it's so hard, I think, in our instant gratification culture um, to, to say, you know, okay, great, we've had this conversation, let's go have sex. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't work that way, you know. I mean, it has to start with small small things. What we recommend is actually called the Daily Magic 10 Minutes. And if you spend 10 minutes a day, just the two of you, again, no interruptions, no kids, no phone calls, no TV, and then in those 10 minutes, you talk about anything but topics that cause you stress. Mm -hmm. So you cannot talk about the kids' report card, you can't talk about the in-laws, and you can't talk about money or your job. You're going to talk about fun things. What movie do you want to see? What restaurant do you want to try? Um, you know, what's, uh, that color looks great on you, honey. You yeah, know? In your dream world, where would you like to travel to? Mm, you know, okay. And once a week, here's the secret. The secret is once a week. That daily magic 10 minutes has to be about your sex life. Okay. What, what's working? Yeah. What, what would you like to try? You know, what did you see somewhere that sounded kind of fun? You know, because the reality is, is that sex is supposed to be fun. You know, it's, it's wet and gushy and funny, and we laugh and we make noises and our bodies make noises. And, you know, it, you know, and you have to be able to giggle about these things. And if you choose to try something and it works, fabulous. Do it again. <laughs> yeah. If you try something and it's not quite your thing, okay, you chalk it up to, well, we tried it. Right? Yeah. But the reality is, is you, you start small. You start with, with those 10 minutes a day. Then you have to also set aside couple time. Let's face it, we're all really busy. We're all working way too many hours, probably for not enough pay. Um, and there's a lot of stressors in our lives right now, especially as couples. So we really recommend you've got to set aside some time um, once a week at minimum and go on a date night. Even if date night is sending the kids to grandma's house so you guys can watch, have dinner at home and watch a movie. doesn't have to be anything that's really expensive. Okay. So, you know, you've got to commit to spending time together, and you've got to also make an effort to be more physically affectionate on a daily basis. And also, you know, start the flirting process all over again. Go back to where you were when you first got together in your mind and say, what turned me on about this person in the first place? Let me try to recreate that again because, you know, if that still exists, you can really totally play on that and work the relationship back up again. Okay. And in right. and, and terms of the wife, how can, uh, 
you know, how can she get her libido revved a little bit more than where it's at currently? Well, that's a really great question. We actually address that a lot. Um, there are a couple of really fun ways. First of all, she's got to start to feel more sexy. And, you know, so he can actually help with that. Okay. Compliment her more. Touch her more. I'm not, talk, not talking about sexual touch. Yeah. When you, if she's cooking dinner and you walk by, you know, put your arm around her waist or just pet her a little bit and just keep walking. You know, it can be non-sexual. Yeah, it's not fair when the dog gets pet more often than your partner does. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, we do it all the time, and we do it unconsciously. You know, and give each other more compliments. Everybody likes a compliment. It's a massive turn-on, whether you're male or female. So if she's wearing something, say, wow, you know, that outfit looks really great. You're your booty just looks so hot to me right now. <laughs> I get a little, get a little flirty and sassy. Okay. You know, work, work your way up to sexy texting each other, you know, and, and keep playing with that. For women, though, to turn themselves on a little bit more, one of the things we like to recommend is wear something sexy that you feel sexy in under your clothes all day, whether you're working at home or working in an office, you know, outside the house. Whether it's a really nice bra or a little teddy, but just make sure it's comfortable because otherwise you're going to be struggling <laughs> with it all day, and that's yeah. not sexy. Trust me, I, I'm very familiar with that concept. Um, but that really kind of gives a woman a, it, this kind of little secret that she's got in her own head, and if she wants to share that with her partner, she can. If she doesn't, she doesn't have to. It's for her. Okay. Um, you know, and the, again, making the, the setting aside private time for a woman who's really unfamiliar with her body and her sexuality, taking long baths, exploring your body. You know, I, I know that a lot of people are hesitant to use the M word, you know, but let's face it, masturbation is by far the best way to understand your own erotic life. And you have to because you can't expect your partner to know more about your body than you do. Sure. So once you actually understand how your body works, and what works best for you, then you can share that information. Okay. And your partner is infinitely more prepared to actually be able to provide pleasure for you when you decide to share yourself with him. You know, and that's really important in a marriage. That you have to actually have uh, the ability to be sexually empowered. And that's a big part of the problem, I think, for a lot of women who are sexually inexperienced, okay. is that they don't have any, they're not empowered to say, I like this, I don't like that. Instead, they just go, I don't know what I like, so I don't like anything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and all of our parts look funny, and they're ugly, and my body's ugly, and, you know, we, and you want to like the way I taste or the way I smell, and, you know, and all of that is all that crap we grew up with mm -hmm. that honestly, unfortunately, takes an enormous amount of work to undo. Okay. I mean, these are all really great bits of advice. Uh, what if, uh, you know, and I keep playing this what if game here, uh, you know, what if all this stuff isn't working or the husband's just not having any luck or he thinks it's too hard? Uh, what, what are kind of his last resorts? What's his final or next step, I should say? Well, you know, if, if a person has been patient and given it a couple of months of, tr of honestly trying and, and has been given the go-ahead, you know, in the first place to try and is still finding that it's not satisfactory and you're trying to have these conversations and it's still not, not satisfactory, you know, sometimes you have to go to couples therapy. And we really recommend that if you do this, you do it with either a sex therapist or a couple's marriage counselor who is sex positive. Okay. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to overanalyze the psychology, although one or both partners may need to have some um, therapy personally to work out some issues if there are issues back there. And unfortunately, you know, you've got to decide if, if having no sex is a deal breaker in a relationship. 
And we don't, you know, we don't really want to have to say that divorce word because we think that most relationships can come back, but you need to have both people being active participants. You Mm -hmm. both have to be 100% committed to saving the relationship. And let's face it, living together and not having sex, you're roommates. Yeah. That's not what marriage is about. Part of the joy of marriage is to be able to share your experience of your life in a sexual way. And, and yeah. sex without an orgasm is like the 4th of July without fireworks. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, see, this is probably a great time to mention. There's, it's an amazing thing that in 2009, the very end of 2009, Trojan released a study. You know, and everybody knows Trojan, right? Sure. The best con, you know, number one condom manufacturer on the planet. Trojan did this great study where they polled um, about over 1,000 people, and they came up with this result, which is really terrifying to me. 71% of the people they polled categorized their sex lives. And these are married couples, categorize their sex life as depressing, lukewarm, and predictable. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, terrifying, isn't it? Isn't yeah. That a, isn't that a really, like, yeah. buzzkill? And in fact, it we, is. Know that your, we know that your October issue of um, Hitched, Mag, is going to be on the state of marriage in America. So we're actually going to write an article for you on specifically that and, and the diff, how to deal with different libido levels um, and how to not have become a statistic like that, you know, not be uh, a couple that describes your sex life as depressing. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the thing about marriage, too, is that it's a safe environment for you to do all this exploration. And I think a lot of people forget that this isn't, you know, this person isn't going to, you know, not call you back the next day. Right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It, it's your, it's your husband or wife. And so you That's guys, the, this right. is the fun stuff. Absolutely. You should be able to fly your freak flag with your <laughs> I mean, that's really, that's, that's the bonus of marriage. I am going to say this, though, Stephen. This happened, we've, we've actually come across this a great deal, both personally and professionally, is that also what happens, though, for a lot of people, is that when you're in a safe place like a marriage, a lot of the stuff that we may have buried over the course of our lives that impede our ability to be sexually intimate with a partner come up. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's got issues in their past, let's face it, a huge percentage of the population, male and female, have experienced sexual abuse, have experienced, um, you know, live growing up in a violent home. There are a lot of issues like that that can really prevent a person from being comfortable with their bodies and be comfortable being that open and sa- feeling safe enough to share themselves with a partner. When you're in a safe relationship that stuff kind of bubbles to the surface mm-hmm. because you, you're right. That person's not going to not call you the next day. They're not going to say you're too weird or too crazy. I, you know, I don't want to deal with it. They love you, and they've made a public commitment in saying that they love you and that they're sticking around pretty much unless you do something pretty horrible till the day you die. Yeah. So th- that really does allow some people the ability to confront issues they may never have wanted to confront in the first place. That's another, you know, realm that people have to consider is that if there are other issues, emotional or traumatic issues that are preventing someone from being sexual, they have to get help. And, mm-hmm. and a partner can be really supportive and say, I'll go with you or I'll help you find a therapist to help you work through these issues. And I'm going to be here when you're, when you're feeling a little bit more strong to be sexual and be intimate with me. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I hate to cut the conversation off, <laughs> but uh, I think we, we've got to because this is, uh, I mean, this is chalked enormously full of, of information, um, but we're running a little long. Uh, okay. So we'll, we'll call it a podcast. And for those who want more information, um, be sure to read the article. I believe it's something 
titled uh, Husband Struggles in a Sexless Marriage or something like that. Uh, but you can find it on Hitch if you do a search. And you can do a search for uh, Dr. Joni Frader or Esther Lestique on the site, and that article should pop up anyway. Um, but uh, before we go, I want to give everybody a reminder of who they've been listening to. Uh, you guys are listening to Dr. Joni Frader and Esther Lestique, who are the founders of loveherright.com and a new membership site, which is currently free, passionlifeclub.com. And they are also the authors of the book, Love Her Right, The Merry, Man Gui- Merry Man's Guide to Lesbian Secrets for Great Sex. Uh, we're, and on the um, on your Passion Life Club, you can uh, also submit direct questions that you guys answer. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes, passionatelifeclub.com. Passion- so there's an ask, ask Dr. Joni and Esther. You can see a little bar down there that says ask, ask us questions. And we are happy to address everyone that asks us questions for various um, issues that they have. We love to help our readers. We really want to help in, uh, your relationship bloom and blossom. That is a and great we- resource. Well, thank you. Um, so um, I, I apologize. I didn't mean to cut you off right there. Um, so um, and lastly, uh, before we go here, uh, Joni and Esther also have a Facebook fan page. Uh, so look it up there, and uh, it's connected from their website, loveherright.com. And uh, you can also follow them on Twitter. Love uh, the handle, I believe, is Love Her Right. And uh, as I've mentioned in the past, I am also on Twitter at Hitched Media. And uh, thank you, ladies one last time before we go here so thank you so much for your time and it was a a great pleasure to have you on and I can't wait to do this again thanks so much this is great thank you for the opportunity Steve it's wonderful okay well uh, until next time uh, see you later everybody I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian, I did it! They certainly got the idea. They feel free to express love. It's worth all those awful frank discussions at the dining room table. Hitched entertains, educates, and inspires married couples.